Thank you for listening to the Lake Murray Baptist Church podcast. Lake Murray Baptist Church is a Southern Baptist church located in Lexington, South Carolina. My name is David Sons, and I serve as the family and discipleship pastor here at the church, as well as the host of this podcast. Our hope is that this podcast would be a resource for our members who are seeking to live out their faith in Jesus Christ in their everyday lives. We want to use this platform to exalt Jesus and equip the members of Lake Murray to be the church where they live, work, and play. Welcome to episode five of the Lake Murray Baptist Church podcast, sitting here with Dylan Davis. Dylan is a church member and a licensed professional counselor. Dylan, thanks for joining us on the pod. Yeah, good to be here. So Dylan, we have been talking uh, about the uh, kind of COVID-19 coronavirus uh, really for the last uh, several weeks. And I want to get into um, just kind of the mental, emotional toll that some of this has been taking on people. But before we do that, uh, I think some of our folks probably know you, uh, but some of our listeners may not. So just give us a little bit of background about yourself. How long have you been working as a a counselor and, and what kind of led you into that career path? Sure. Um, so what led me into counseling was uh, I worked at the Southern Baptist or the, excuse me, uh, South Carolina Baptist Convention's youth camp, Somersault, for about six years. Uh, came into contact with a lot of young men, young women who, you know, struggled with anxiety and depression, abuse, neglect, uh, issues of identity and sexuality, stuff like that. And uh, of course, God, God and His Word and Christ and His church, uh, the Holy Spirit, uh, they're all sufficient to deal with those things, but I felt ill-equipped to help with those things. Uh, so I knew how to apply God's Word to to my life and my experience, uh, but I could definitely, and I can definitely empathize with the struggles that they were going through and the things that they were dealing with, uh, but I didn't know how to practically participate in their healing mm. in, in a lot of ways. So after I finished my psychology, psychology degree at Clemson, uh, I somehow ended up in Gamecock country, uh, hmm. sharing a bunk bed with Justin Putnam, uh, for which I blame Pastor Josh for, but we won't get into that. That's uh, another podcast entirely. Right, that's, yeah, yeah, completely different. Yeah. Um, so it was around that time I started my clinical counseling degree at CIU, um, and now I work as a licensed professional counselor at Southern Med Counseling here in Lexington. Um, and I've been counseling there for about five years now, and I work with all ages, uh, all walks of life, all sorts of problems, issues, circumstances. Uh, so yeah. Yeah, one of the things that I am obviously as a pastor here, we we do just a little bit of counseling. But one of the things that I have been uh, so, um, I guess, shaped by or impressed by, that's been impressed upon me, and just doing just basic counseling, pastoral counseling, mm-hmm. is is exactly what you just said. Just every varying age groups, varying walks of life. Uh, varying issues, and and it does require somebody to to have a lot of uh, understanding of the world, how the mind works, and how the uh, how how you know, especially as we begin to think about um, mental health, and we begin yep. to think about a lot of these things and how they affect us physically, emotionally, and all of those things. Right. Um, but as a as a Christian, mm-hmm. right, as a as a believer in Christ, you are a first and foremost a Christian, and then a counselor. Yep. Uh, and so how does your faith kind of inform your work from from your point of view? Yeah, sure. So when I started at CIU, I was skeptical of this, of of blending uh, the science of psychology with the theological understanding of, of humanity and our suffering, uh, our relationships with each other, our relationship with God. Um, but my professors, they, they, were, they were actively practicing. Um, they were in the field integrating these two things every day. Yeah. Uh, so as I was... I was digging into these things, I found that 
in counseling, science and belief, uh, they, did, they didn't actually have to be at odds at all. Uh, they actually complemented each other. Uh, for example, Carl Rogers, who was uh, the founder of person-centered therapy, and he wasn't a Christian uh, as far as I know, uh, he outlined three core conditions that kind of inspired or that do inspire therapeutic change. And those things were uh, that the counselor should be genuine, uh, that sh- they should demonstrate empathy, mm. uh, and that, as he puts it, uh, should demonstrate unconditional positive regard for people. So obviously, you know, these things are uh, are just describing Christ in so many yeah. different ways, uh, who is trustworthy, who who does understand our, our sufferings and empathize with our weaknesses, uh, who loves us unconditionally. Uh, so that, that one's easy to kind of see the connection there. Uh, another example is uh, cognitive behavioral therapy, which is one of the most popular therapies, uh, forms of therapy today. Um, when, and when you boil that, that, the theory of that, th- that therapy down, uh, it's essentially just rooting out untruth. It's removing lies. It's uh, replacing them with thoughts and feelings and perspectives that are true. Mm. Um, so it isn't that, isn't that what the, the Holy Spirit does anyway. That's sure. the work he's doing uh, in our lives uh, through God's Word and our relationship with other believers. Uh, so really, all my job is um, is to do my best to reflect Christ and His love and His acceptance for people, uh, for those who are in need, and to help help them in practical ways uh, to remove lies and, and untruth that interfere with their lives and their relationships, uh, including their relationship with God. Yeah, I think one of the I think it's interesting that the, one of the ways we refer to the Holy Spirit is as the counselor, mm-hmm. right? The yeah. the one who does the work of. Uh, enlightening our, our eyes and our minds towards the truth of, of God's word. Ultimately, we believe as, as Christians that the truth is found in, in, in God's word, that he's mm-hmm. revealed truth to us. And, and it's the Holy Spirit then who helps us to who see that truth, to understand that truth, and then to apply that truth even Absolutely. into our life. And mm-hmm. so even listening to you kind of walk through a little bit of, of what you do every day uh, is, is such a reflection of, of the triune God yeah. and, and is a reflection of um, God's work in the world uh, in helping people to see past whatever it is, whatever issue that they're facing, to see the truth of 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 God and see the truth in His Word reflected in in the way that you care for Him. Yeah. Uh, and so when we look at this situation, one of the things that I've been struck by, as we talk to people and and across the spectrum, from uh, I had a, a conversation with our student pastor talking to students and then and then talking to senior adults and really across the wide spectrum we're seeing a lot of fear and anxiety around the idea of, uh, of, of this COVID-19 coronavirus mm-hmm. and this pandemic that we're in the middle of. Um, and some of that is very justified. There's very justified fear of the unknown, of, of what is uncertain, what seems like a rise in cases. But then there are also just emotions around this idea that we've, we have had to self-isolate, right? And yeah. so people are at home, um, um, they're not used to not being connected with other people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so there's some emotional things that are happening because of that. And so I wonder if you would just kind of take some time to speak to what are some practical ways that people can manage anxiety and stress during these next few weeks? Yeah, sure. Uh, so let's start with, I guess, foundational things for our mental health. Uh, we know that the human experience is, is very holistic. Everything is is kind of tied together. So our mental health, our emotional health, physical health, even our spiritual health—they're uh, all influenced by each other. Um, so, a few, a few simple things we can do uh, to take care of ourselves mentally um, is obviously, you know, start with the physical. Uh, eat healthy, uh, stay physically active if you can, uh, get enough sleep, those kinds of things. Um, and I think, second, as a believer, uh, we know that our relationship with God is one of 
the most important factors uh, in our life, so, uh, and especially in our mental health. So, of course, we should be in prayer. We should be meditating on His Word and His promises. Um, another gift that God has given us for our mental health is each other, you know, family, friends, our church, uh, and those communities. Um, however, right now, like you were talking about, you know, it's a little more complicated um, because isolation for now is, is good for our well-being. It's good right. for, our, for our physical health. Um, but in general, prolonged isolation is not necessarily good for yeah, us. Uh, right. A lot of secular psychologists would agree that, you know, that, that prolonged isolation would actually be kind of a breeding ground for dysfunctional thoughts and feelings and, and behaviors. Uh, so, yeah, not great for our mental health. But the good news is while we're practicing social distancing and, and the isolation, uh, is we have plenty of tools uh, to, to stay connected with each other, uh, whether that's through uh, social media or uh, video chat or phone calls, whatever. Um, so I would encourage everybody to just, as best as possible, stay connected with each other through those things. Uh, and that's why I think it's, it's great that our church is finding ways to, to gather together remotely uh, for Sunday mornings, for connect groups, and, and things like that. Yeah, I do think I was having a conversation uh, earlier with someone, and, and just what a unique time we live in where we are, I guess, very physically distant and should be for, for the good of, of our physical health, for the good of the community. But, but we are able in the time that we live in to be virtually present. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so taking advantage of some of those opportunities, like you said, uh, taking advantage of the fact that we do have uh, tools like uh, Zoom or, or mm-hmm. Google Hangouts or mm-hmm. even just having the phone to just pick up the phone and call folks uh, to make some of those virtual connections, even though for the next several weeks we can't be physically present. But one of the things that I've been struck by is already, even just a kind of a week into this, how much I'm already longing for. Yeah. Uh, a return to kind of normalcy, mm-hmm. you know, and 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 a longing for this return uh, to to church, really to the, to the body being gathered together, uh, and how much this has made me appreciate that more, even yep. in a very short amount of time. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, I think that's uh, that's really important, and obviously that that's something that's coming out in in modern psychology. Is oh, we need connections, we need uh, we need to be together, we need community, but. Yeah, you know, that's something the Bible's you know been telling us, and God has shown us that we 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 need each other, we need the church, we need uh, connection with Him uh, and and people that love us. Um, yeah, I I think you know obviously we are a reflection of our Creator, right? And we were made in the image of God, and and God Himself is a community, right? God mm-hmm. is a triune God, three in one is what we believe, and so uh, we were made for community because we were made in the in the image of God, and and I do think you know this has just exposed that even more. Um, there's been some concern, you know, I, I think around folks who've said, well, you know, if we go to online church now, you know, what if people like that more, uh, you know, and <laughs> yeah. we come back from this eight weeks from now and people go, you know what, actually we like this online thing. But I think what you just said, it speaks to, uh, how important it is, how much we do need each other mm-hmm. and how important that physical gathering actually is. Um, Dylan, I, I would just ask you just kind of, as we close, are, are there any other kind of important things that you would say? Uh, as far as in the area of mental health, if you have people who are are feeling significantly uh, anxious or depressed or fearful um, during this time, are, are there some specific things that you would kind of um, um, promote to them other than the things that you've already kind of mentioned? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so obviously it is a time of increased anxiety. Uh, in a lot of ways, our typical daily or, or weekly stressors have been replaced uh, or in some cases just compounded uh, with brand new stressors that we're, we're not used to and that we're unfamiliar with. And, and that unfamiliarity actually increases the stress because we're, we're not used to dealing with these types of problems. We're used to our, our typical problems, but, but not these. 
Um, and there's a lot of things out of our control. Uh, so not a lot, uh, I know that a lot of concerns are related to our health, the health of our loved ones, personal finances, the, the financial well-being of our country in general, our kids' education, and even, even, like you said, like the disruption of our normal routines and our structures, like that causes stress um, when it's out of the norm. Um, so how do we do this? How, how, do we, how do we cope with that increased stress? Um, I think it, typically that we, we immediately just try to avoid it. We, we try to avoid the discomfort of the anxiety um, we try to run from it, we try to hide from it, and we try to distract ourselves from it. Um, but typically those are only temporary fixes for it. And um, in a lot of ways that makes our, it gives more power to our anxiety because it's communicating to our mind and our body that these things are to be feared. And so, you know, the next time we mm-hmm. experience them, it's even uh, more anxiety or a similar type of anxiety. Um, and so I, I know that we all wish that we could be stress-free I know that we, especially during a pandemic, we wish that we could be stress-free, and even in, in life, normal life, uh, before, we wish we, we could be stress-free, but uh, I'm telling you now that stress free, being stress-free is kind of, uh, it's a fantasy. Uh, there's mm-hmm. no such thing as being stress-free. Even Jesus said that in the world we would have trouble. Right. So um, our goal shouldn't be to be stress-free, but rather to, to be able to stand firm uh, and kind of be at ease amongst all of the chaos of the stress that we're experiencing now uh, and in life. Uh, so how do we do that? Um, uh, to, not, to not get into too many details, the two basic components to anxiety, obviously there are the thoughts that are associated with it, the anxious thoughts, and also our physical response to the stress. So um, we have a lot of questions that, that come up in our thoughts, like when will things go back to normal? Uh, wh- what are we going to do about the finances? What if this happens? What if that happens? Uh, there's just a lot of questions that we don't have a lot of answers to. Um, and then our, our physical response, you know, we have muscle tension, uneasiness, feeling keyed up on edge, increased heart rate, sh- uh, shallow breathing, and that kind of stuff. So we have to deal with both of those things. We have to learn how to master both of those things. Uh, so to start with the physical, um, we need to condition our bodies to respond differently to the anxiety, and we need to kind of undo the automatic physical response. Uh, so the easiest way to tackle that, um, or the easiest areas to tackle are our breathing and our uh, the muscle tension. So I'm not going to walk you through any of the exercises or anything like that uh, because there's plenty of resources on YouTube and mobile apps and that kind of thing, um, typically involving British men with calm, soothing voices uh, <laughs> that are certainly more yeah. soothing than mine. Sure. Anyway, anyway. I've seen a few of those. Uh, right. So uh, if you're not sure where to start, simply just, just look up uh, controlled breathing or muscle relaxation on YouTube or you know your phone's app store or something like that. Uh, and you can find a guided exercise that ca- that'll kind of suit you and, and walk you through some of that. Uh, I think even the Apple Watch has has some type of function that yeah. will track your breathing and help you do that. Um, and now remember, practicing these things won't make you stress-free, um, but practicing them will will help you, especially amidst all the anxiety, uh, to kind of slowly condition your body to respond to the anxiety, respond to the stress differently. Mm. Um, so on to the complicated bit, and that's the anxious thoughts. Uh, part of dealing with anxious thoughts is learning how to be more in control of them, uh, we find that it's pretty hard to stop them. It's hard to ignore them. It's hard uh, to just get them to go away. Uh, and that, that's where I'll quickly just kind of recommend a third exercise, which is uh, mindfulness meditation. Uh, mindfulness actually includes some breathing and relaxation. So if you don't do anything else, uh, look up some mindfulness exercises on YouTube. Uh, there are even some Christian-based mindfulness exercises on there that you can find. So you can try that out. Um, and mindfulness is simply, it, it just helps you be more comfortable with your thoughts uh, just like Paul encouraged the Ephesians to pursue 
spiritual maturity to avoid uh, being tossed to and fro by the waves. Uh, mindfulness kind of helps us uh, prevent ourselves from being tossed to and fro by the waves of our own thoughts and our own feelings and that kind of thing. Um, our, our minds tend to obsess about anxious questions. Uh, that, and what we really want is control. Right. We want control over the circumstances. We want control over our, over our finances, our health, uh, sometimes control over other people. Um, and so when we're not in control and we have no means of seizing that control, uh, anxiety increases. Uh, and if we're honest, we're, there's very little that we actually do have control over. Right. I think the, the current circumstances yeah. actually uh, have laid some of those vulnerabilities bare, um, that we're not really in control of a lot of, a lot of things. Not at all. No, I, I think we have seen that. I've seen that in my own life, you know, yeah. just how, how little, how quickly things can change and how much we think we are in control of that we actually aren't in control of. Yeah. So, um, and I think that's where we have the advantage as as believers because we we know for certain who is in control. We know uh, who is so- sovereign over all of human history, uh, and we're ne- never without hope. We're never without His promises. Uh, we're hidden in Jesus, and we are sealed by the Spirit. Um, so I, there's nothing we really have to fear. You know, nothing can separate us from yeah. from His love. Um, so as we condition our body and our mind to respond to anxiety differently, uh, we need to remind ourselves of His promises. Remind others of of his promises and pray to get for God's help, you know, in mastering these things, uh, of our body and our mind and those thoughts. Um, cause I assure you, you know, learning those things is not simply just a mental or emotional discipline. That's a spiritual discipline. Mm. Um, it's the work of the Holy spirit in us. So we need prayer as an essential part of that, um, mm. to make it work. So, um, and ultimately I think it brings us cr- closer to, to God. Uh, and, it, and it makes us more like Christ. You know, it improves our focus, our decision-making, our relationships, uh, our patience, and even our willingness to, to serve others as we're not as focused on struggling with our own internal battles and thoughts. Yeah. Um, and again, most importantly, I think it increases our, um, our trust in God uh, for all of our needs uh, for these days that we're seeing now and for uh, all future days. Yeah, that's so good. I, I just, you know, I think that's a great place for us to kind of bring this conversation to a close. But I, I do think earlier when you kind of said, you know, the goal is not a stress-free life, mm-hmm. right? We, mm-hmm. We're never promised that as believers. Um, but the goal is to learn how to kind of walk through the, those, the, the, op- the obstacles and issues and, and stress that we find in daily life and walk through those things in a Christ-like manner, right? Yeah. And recognize that those things are an opportunity for us to grow in our dependence on the Lord, but then also to, to use the tools and things that are available to us uh, to pursue health uh, physically, mentally, emotionally, and, and ultimately spiritually. Mm-hmm. Dylan, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, I appreciate your insight, your expertise in this area, and I know that this will be uh, such a help to our listeners. Thanks for being here. Thank you. And a special thank you to you, the members of Lake Murray Baptist Church, and to all of our listeners. Remember, this podcast and the other ministries of Lake Murray Baptist Church are brought to you by the generous tithes and offerings of our church membership. To give to the ministries of Lake Murray Baptist Church, you can follow the link in the description. For more information about Lake Murray Baptist Church, you can always visit our church website, www.lakemurraybc.org. Remember to subscribe to this podcast. By subscribing, you'll be notified whenever a new pod is posted. We hope that you'll join us again next time as we seek to live in light of the gospel in the places where God has placed us for his glory, our joy, and others' good.